0: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It is Tuesday, August 11th, 2015. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm speaking with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is back home in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Julie, how's everything in Texas? Uh, Leanne,
1: it's a little warm here, you know, but it's August. Um, Happy to be on the line with you today.
0: Very happy to be talking with you. Yeah, we took a couple of um, shows off. It wasn't even full weeks, really. (laughs) It was some random shows. Uh, Usually we take the whole month of August stuff, but we're here for you this August, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to carry on with Satellite Sisters and just launch into uh, a whole nother season of Satellite Sisters. It's our show. We can start the seasons whenever we want to, right? <laughs> oh, is this, is this the start of the new season? No. I, you know, I got to clear that with Liz, so never mind. Just okay. This is just a continuation of the old season, okay? We usually start the new season in September, so let me clear let me clear the season calendar with Liz, all right, before we go?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. We're going to get in trouble. I know.
0: No. um all right, we have uh, some perfect August news stories for you today. I was on a college tour, going to tell you about that. Ooh, uh, Julie, you have a new segment you're going to introduce, so we' we'll, we can't wait to hear about that. uh-huh. Um, we have a couple of election uh, reports that so we're going to get behind a couple of people. Uh, throw our <laughs> throw our support behind some candidates. Um, a good essay from the New York Times called "Too Old for This." We're going to talk about that. The color of the season, according to our girl Bobby Brown. Julie has picks and pans, and then, of course, uh, the season finale of Pole Dark. We have Oof. a double episode of Pole Dark and Handsome. Uh, that was. A long episode was it not? It was a journey, Liam.
1: <laughs> there was so much galloping, so much sea, sea staring, so many ups and downs. Really, it uh, was. It was. It was a, it was a lifetime.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was. Was a long episode. So we are going to get to Paul Dark and Handsome at the end of the show. Uh, but first, just a little college update. I do have a son starting his senior year this week, and I have to say, my younger son. I have two boys. One is starting his senior year this week. I am a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of wistful than I thought yes. I would be. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of laughs. I'm excited for him. It's not like, a, oh, no, don't ever leave. But all of a sudden, you know, when you're a parent and you have started a lot of first days of school and made a lot of school lunches and, you know, gone to a lot of meetings and things like that, when it's the last of that, it's a little sad. It's a little sad. The whole year is going to
1: feel like that, Leon. You know, it's (laughs) it's. It's the last time there'll be the homecoming dance, the last time, you know, we'll be Christmas break. Yeah. But that's, it's good. It prepares you. It's, it's, again, it's a journey you're on. Maybe that's the theme for today's show, Liam. <laughs> Lots of journeys.
0: So what happened on the big college tour? So here's what we did. We had a little family vacation first, which was a, a winter, winter family vacation. Did, I was forced to hike. I was, I would say tricked into hiking one day, but, uh, I i didn 't survive, <laughs> uh, mainly some water sports, some golf, some swimming we we had fun saw little saw you and your husband little family mm-hmm. get together sixtieth birthday party, great, and then my husband, my younger son, and I started off on his college tour, and he is interested in several things he 's interested in not going to school in California, which is fine mm-hmm. with us, and he 's interested in going to a school that has sort of as much interaction in the classroom as possible. So a small that's a, that's small a good- liberal arts school or a school where there's more st- seminar style classes, where there's a lot of reading and talking and writing involved. He's also interested in going to a school where he never ever ever has to take math again. So that
1: free zone. Okay. That's yeah. good. Brian. Having, think, you know, he has clear, his clear interests. That's good.
0: That's he really does. He, he has some shockingly clear interests that you actually center on education, which I had to say to my husband, you know, a lot of kids go want to go to a school with a big football culture or they're interested in you know fraternities or sororities or a particular city. He is actually interested in what's happening in the classroom. So I can't fault him for that. So we're looking at a couple of schools in the Northwest. And I'm not going to give out too many details because as any parent knows who's been through this, it's a long year. He could change his mind by next May, right. you know, but. And you uh,
1: certainly don't want to stir, stir up any additional competition for yourself. That's no. the way I, I, any, I think that's what really most parents would think. You keep those lists secretly, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, anyone
0: else applying to the school <laughs> your child is applying to. I mean, go ahead and Google, but I just would keep some of his college choices private. So, so we went on four tours in Northwest cities, a couple of capitals, Olympia, Salem, Port Portland. Uh, We looked at a school in Tacoma, mainly small liberal arts schools. And uh, here's what I can tell you. This was the first time I had really been on extended college tours because with my older son, he just had a very different path to college. It was a recruited athlete path. So, and my husband, it was mainly recruitment trips he went on, not tours. And so I I haven't really been on many college tours. And so uh, this was our first like back to back to back thing. And I, I can tell you this, we went on four tours in three days. And Uh the schools absolutely do start to sound the same. Like you start to forget which school has the nine month, you know, study abroad program in Asia and which school has the internships available at the Capitol. You know what I mean? They do start to run together. But all four schools spent extraordinary amounts of time on the tour talking about their college a (laughs) cappella (laughs) groups. I mean No, not really. Yes, Julie. Yes, really. Like, the first school... Someone asked the question, do you have an acapella group? And 20 minutes later, we're still talking about acapella groups. Oh, and I looked at Colin. And I went, ooh, aca awesome. You know, I liked Pitch Perfect as much as the next person.
1: <laughs> I know it's one of your favorite movies. I loved it. When you your son really enjoyed watching it. So. so
0: Many, many times over his gap year, my older son. But by the fourth college, when we're continuing to talk about acapella groups... Like, we have seven, and here are all their names. And, like, the whole tour was like, oh, and then this a cappella group did this song here at this event. I was like, this is Aka aggravating. I mean, (laughs) what is happening? Is this all a college Did you say
1: that out out loud? I was wondering, were you able to... Just remain silent during these tours, or did you uh, provide some commentary as I well? I have
0: to say, on most of the tours, there was one or two other parents that were more annoying than I was, that were answering, asking all the questions. So I usually asked two things. I asked, how is the food? Which I think is a good question. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and then I asked... Um, what's do you have a senior thesis or a senior capstone like what happens in your senior year i just wanted to get some you know idea of the level of uh, academic engagement all okay. the way through so i thought those were pretty generic questions i was mm-hmm. i was not at the front of the tour but mainly we talked about a cappella groups julie I <laughs> apparently that is all college kids are doing they are just singing pop songs from the 90s to jerky choreography and, and all, everyone's cool with that like <laughs> You know, so I was so surprised and, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it was a, I wouldn't say it was a turn off for my son, but it wasn't a turn on. Like if mm-hmm. you're not an acapella if you're not singer, a singer.
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: I can see. <laughs> yes. just, And then, and then apparently the other thing that you must do or have when you are a college in the Northwest, you must have a climbing wall. That's the other thing. Like the Northwest, their colleges most of them started with like you can rent kayaks we have a climbing wall one director of admissions said you know this is the kind of place where you can go beach camping in january uh in the rain and it's great and i looked at my son he's like i don't want to go beach camping in january he's, he's
1: from southern california <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know <laughs> you You know, beach camping in the rain in January.
0: Uh Uh-uh. That's out. So if they're not singing and climbing or beach camping, these look like good schools. I mean, they all, all the tour guides were adorable. They were all very different and they did their job. And, but I just have to say, I did not anticipate the, uh, aka awesomeness of all these schools.
1: (laughs) Do you think it's going to be a detriment to your son that he uh, cannot carry a tune? I mean- yeah, right.
0: I I don't even know what to say. I just was really really surprised. Like, boy, times have changed. Uh, that. So I mean, I guess you could say it's good clean fun. It, that's but, it is good clean fun as far but, as I'm aware, Leah. Okay, so
1: so that's it. So Acapella maybe he can start can his out. own
0: group. Maybe
1: that's he should that should be one of his college essays. No, yeah.
0: he's not like a joiner. You know, he's he no. I a, know he's not.
1: I know this would be important to him.
0: There were some schools were in an acapella group,
1: or even, I, I, yeah. I, so
0: there was one school where clearly our tour guide like had joined everything, joined, every, you know, and oh. so she started, which again is fine for her, but when she started to describe like the cutthroat atmosphere of intramural volleyball, <laughs> I, I, was like, I don't. You should stop now because you've just lost him. Between the beach camping, the acapella, and the cutthroat <laughs> intramural volleyball, I think he's out. I don't think this is his type of school. So, it's, But he did find a couple schools that he really enjoyed. So that's good. big
1: success. Yes. I mean, that's the key, like, that they come back. They're fired up about a couple of places. It provides a target for them. It really can help to hone their interests and 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 how, you know, their activities for their senior years. So job well done and yeah. you're still on speaking terms with your son and, and your husband. with
0: and with my husband only what? once did we have to have the you know the hissing in the car uh-huh. <laughs> only once you know because i was, the hardest thing to do is not express an opinion on the school yes. Right. It's dawning on me. Uh, he, my younger son is a lot like me. There's a lot of, we have a lot of similarities, but uh-huh. he doesn't really want the same college experience I had. And no. I just assumed that he would, and he doesn't. So, and that's like a level of acceptance and I'm, I am trying to accept it. So like the very first school we saw, my husband's like, well, I wouldn't go here because, bam, you know, like 30 seconds after we sat in the car. And I was like, you, you just, you can't say that. Does he, then you're not going to that school. You know, he, there was a school he really liked, but my husband like, you know, cooked up some reason why he could never attend there. So I did have to have this stop and that was good. So we only had one of those and then we tried, we tried to back off. I didn't even really ask him what he thought, or I didn't want him to do a lot of comparisons till he had seen the school. So, you know, mm-hmm. when we got home, I was like, is this still in the pile? Is this still in the pile? I did say, wait, was that the school with the it killer volleyball <laughs> club? I go, yeah, because, yeah, I don't think so. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, if I'm they talking. only knew, I mean, that would make sort of the dean of admissions probably cringe that that your son eliminated that school because somebody mentioned, you know, killer intramural volleyball, you
0: know, so. well, I did t- the worst moment was one tour guide. I, we were just killing time. We were waiting for a couple of other kids. So I asked about the weather and, you know, as anyone in the Northwest knows it rains like they Uh all, I mean, they all, it all rains from November till the middle of April. And that's Uh not a joke. That's when it it starts raining in November and continues to rain at all of these schools. And we happen to be there on beautiful sunny days. So I know that, I know that that's not the case and he knows it's not the case. And so I did just toss out like a soft ball about the weather at this particular school compared to other schools in the northwest is there more sunshine less and the tour guide said well our city is considered um if if Oregon is a toilet bowl we're at the bottom of the toilet bowl okay I was like oh god that's... I
1: don't think they covered that no. analogy in um the tour guide training sessions no. I like I... <laughs> that
0: <laughs> just, it's, a fresh, it approach, it it's a fresh approach it's vivid it's vivid it's a vivid it's very vivid mm-hmm. so anyway that's it we're we're moving on senior year is starting he's Good, desperately Lynn. finishing up his summer reading Oedipus Rex today and then uh I mean seriously is that out
1: in movie form
0: <laughs> believe me uh I, he kept saying it's a play it won't take long you know one of those so there you go that's it.
1: Well, Lian, Le- well, I have a new segment I'm bringing today on Tuesday. It's called Butt In or Butt Out. You know, you know the situations. Mm-hmm. Do you get involved or do you walk away? Um, as, as you may have noticed in the headlines in the news, it's quite hot here in Dallas. Uh, it was 106 yesterday. I did. I saw yeah. that on yeah. the yeah, GMA. It's, it's warm. Yeah, it's warm. Scroll. So we have a community pool in this apartment complex that we're staying in. And uh, so when we arrived back from Colorado and it was 930 at night, uh, and it was still 97 degrees. Oh my god. We decided we wanted to take a swim. So my husband and I went over to the community pool um to take a swim. We had a nice refreshing swim. We we're swimming around. We're the only ones in the pool. And then all of a sudden, I notice at this pool is kind of um has like a ledge in it uh, so that you can actually put like a lounge chair or a beach chair and you're sitting in maybe four or five inches of water. Have you ever seen that? In a pool? I have. I don't yeah.
0: understand it, but I've yes. seen it. Okay, yeah.
1: but it's it's very popular. So in that section of the pool with this ledge, there was a woman face down on a on a beach chair um, in the dark, you know, on this ledge that has water. And so we're swimming around and You know, I thought, well, perhaps she had been at a party and maybe she had too much to drink and she's passed out. And now she's on a lounge chair. And if she were to roll over, she would end up in the water, you know, and it might be a very serious situation. And uh, but my husband said, well, maybe she's just asleep. Maybe she just wants to, you know, uh, sleep in the dark because it's too hot in her apartment or something like that. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So. Uh, we, we discussed this, we had her swim and I, I made the decisions like, I'm going to go over and just, just make sure she's okay. You know, she's a young girl. She's out, out, it seems to be out cold on this, on this <laughs> God, yeah. lounge chair. So I go over in my nicest voice, Leanne, yeah. I, my nicest voice. And I was like, Hey, are you okay? And I start to, you know, you put my hand on her oh, to gosh. see her. And she's like, go, she screams at me, Leanne, and said, go away. Just go away, you know. Leave me alone. So, so that wasn't too good. So I now I feel like should I butt in or should I have butted out? I mean, maybe
0: no. You got to butt in. I got that's. Thank you. uh, First of all, you and I both former lifeguards. So when we see, uh, you know, something happening near water, we're on it. You know, this we are vigilant. We are lifetime vigilantes when it comes to water, and two like. That woman could have died. So uh, if the next morning you had woken up and there had been, you would have felt so bad. Yeah. Like, okay. so what okay. do you care? You don't know this person. You won't see her again. I can't explain her behavior, but your behavior was above reproach. So okay. well done. I, okay. I, I applaud you. Totally okay. should have butted in.
1: That's,
0: okay. a, that's a weird, dangerous, yeah, unusual that's situation. What I, thought. I mean, yeah. I just thought maybe she
1: was really in distress. Yeah. How- she could have said, you know, she could have said it nicely, and that's
0: what I thought. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> okay, that you know, that I can't control. But you did the right thing, But in. That's a butt in situation. Okay, that's a butt in. All yeah, right, yeah, thank you. That's later. a butt in situation. All right, a lot of political news this week. We're just covering some of the highlights. Julie, I don't know if you've now heard who is running for office, but this is exciting to me, Melissa Gilbert half pipe from Little House <laughs> on the Prairie. She's yes. going to run for U.S. Her Congress. President? No, Congress. U.S. Congress. Congress in Michigan. So uh, she is throwing her hat in the ring, and uh, I'm excited to watch this campaign. <laughs> I think I will use this as a, a dr- distraction from the actual campaign. That's going on now she doesn't have any political experience and she does owe apparently three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in back taxes so it seems unusual that you would run for office but she was the president of the screen actors guild for two terms so she does have you know that kind of leadership leadership.
1: experience yeah and when you say she threw her hat in the ring was that a gingham hat that was a gingham uh... hat hat. (laughs) and uh you know we should we should clarify you've read every little house on the prairie book you've seen every you know episode yeah. of the television show uh, um, many of the tablescapes in your house are based on <laughs> little, the house. little house, yeah. little house on the prairie. And I right? know
0: I'm not the only one in the satellite sisterhood who feels strongly about the little house franchise in yes. all of its forms. So, and I know we have a lot of satellite sisterhoods who may live in the eighth district in Michigan. So just give me an update. If anything's happening that we need to know about on the half pint campaign trail, <laughs> I'm, I'm open to that. I'm open have to
1: that. You, you have to visit her Facebook page and really get on it, Leanne. I think that she could use all the support. That seems a little like a sticky situation, explaining the back taxes, but there might be a very logical reason for that. So no, she um, had
0: a weird, remember she was married to Bruce Boxleitner, that's oh. super, and then she divorced, they divorced, and now she's married to Timothy Busfield from 30-something.
1: <laughs> I know, I didn't know all this, Leanne. Oh, yeah. you tracking her, so that's good.
0: I'm just saying, and she's running as a Democrat in a highly Republican uh, district. So, you know, she could be an interesting, could be a, a really interesting race. Okay. And I think, you know, the slogan, what would Pie Ingalls do, is something people would respond to. Oh. I think that's I that's I'm just going to see it that. on
1: a bumper sticker land. Yeah, no
0: doubt. No doubt. Well, as long as we are like
1: getting behind political candidates, this one's a little different. This is coming out of the country of Romania. Um, as you know, it's a republic. It's no longer a monarchy, but they still have a, a former king who was kicked out when, you know, communism came in. King Michael. And he lives in Switzerland. And he's kind of, he's elderly, he's like 97, but he has, he has come out today, this headline news, he has stripped his grandson of his royal title. Now his grandson is Prince Nicholas, or Nick as I call him, and he's incredibly (laughs) popular. Nick is popular in Romania because he's into ecology and cycling, he's involved in literacy projects, and he seems like an all round good guy. But the King King Michael put out, um, you know, a statement. It was kind of cryptic that, you know, to be in the royal family, you have to have, you know, have the highest moral standards. So I'm not really sure what Nick did, but I think it's unwarranted. And I think it's probably (laughs) one of his jealous relatives that's trying to edge him out of this. And if you would like to help to reinstate Prince Nick to, uh, to his former royal status, you can go to his Facebook page. Already, 23,000 people have liked Prince Nick and they're hoping to get him, get him back because now the next in line is his sister Karina. Now, I'm not saying that this is some sibling rivalry, but it seems like maybe Karina was sort of angling for the next in line to the throne, even though there's no throne to have,
0: you know. (laughs) but okay i'm looking at prince nick he looks like a fine fine character he looks very nice yeah yeah yeah. just make you wonder why you know grandpa turned behind him but it sounds like a good tv show (laughs) (laughs) okay okay is there actually a facebook page that we can go to
1: yes i think there is leon i i'll I'll put the link up so he is prince nick Romania. I think that's what you need to go, uh, Google. Nicholas. You, I mean, I'm close to him, but
0: you can call him Nicola, Nick <laughs> as well. Okay. So let's, let's see if we can get him reinstated. That's a worthy mission too. Worthy mission. All right. Uh,
1: Leon, I have, I have a wonderful article that came out this week. I'm sure you, you might've seen it. It was in the New York times written by Dominic Browning and a bunch of
0: my friends sent it to me. Um and the title of the article was I'm too old for this. Did you see this article? You know what? I saw it on a bunch of my Facebook friends, page, you know, friends Facebook pages like they definitely related to it. So, yeah, I have read it. It's a good article. I like her. She's a good writer, Dominique Brown. She's a, she's a good writer um,
1: it's, it's about sort of how liberating aging can be. Okay. That's the theme of the article. And, you know, Leanne, I was kind of psyched to turn six. Yes, you were. I, I said that, you know, I felt like I was still standing. This was, you know, a good time. And what Dominique's position, I think is pretty similar to mine was that, you know, by the time you turn 60, you have you have earned your your way in the world and that there is a, this is a time in your life where you just don't have to put up with stuff you can actually say i am too old for this stuff you know that you know maybe you were insecure as a teenager or a young woman about the way you looked and stuff like that you know but why waste your time you know on on you know uh, being insecure about your body now that you're 60 and what Dominique says is just get a pair of pants in a larger size. You know, I mean, when you, you know she was, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's it. You know, she said you should stop worrying about weight gain. Sexism, she still feels is important, and that you, we should stay on it. But office politics, toxic people, bad manners—you now have a new mantra, which is you just say I'm too old for this, yeah, and that you're not going to engage in it, and that. You know, it enables you when you reach a certain age in your life that you can sort of spot trouble coming, you know, because you have so many life experiences. You can spot trouble, she says, 10 feet away. And you know what? You can just steer clear from it because you're too old for it. You're just not going to engage in it. And so I think it's a very positive article about aging and about having, you know, really embracing the experience, the wisdom you know, the, you know, the hard knocks that you've accumulated throughout your life and just having a very positive attitude about going
0: forward. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I thought it was a great, great piece. And I, I feel that way at 50. So, you know, I don't think you have to wait till you're 60 to sort of learn to walk away from stuff and, and not engage. And, you know, it's, it's not really, she doesn't, it's almost like not so much going out with a bang, but with a whimper in the sense, like, just, just don't deal with it anymore. You're too old for it. (laughs) And. It's true. It's 100% true. Yeah. yeah. You spend a lot, it's exhausting all that time you spend worrying about stuff or, you know, engaging in stuff that doesn't bring you, uh, you know, some modicum of peace or serenity or happiness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Totally loved it. Totally loved it. So,
1: So, you know, whatever age you are, try employing that, you know, that phrase, I'm too old for this and just, just see, you know, just see if it changes the way th- things are happening for you. That's right. what I think.
0: Well, okay, Julie, here's something we're definitely too old for. It's been a trend also in summer and uh it's tempting, but not that tempting. It's the pastel hair trend. Are you have you noticed this? Is this the thing in Dallas? It's,
1: yes. Well, uh, yes, with with young young girls. Now yeah. that I am totally too old for. <laughs> I mean, it's cute. I it's cute. If you're 17 Go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just adorable. Uh, Can you hear my dog snoring
0: in the background? I can. That is a loud... I know. He
1: likes to sit right next to me when we're doing these podcasts. (laughs) I think he enjoys the conversation as much as any satellite system. Sounds like Like a plane
0: landing in your house.
1: (laughs) He's just... He he really can snore. He really can <laughs> snore up a
0: storm. So I that's that's what that noise is. Okay. But back to back to Back, back to here. Pastel here. So uh, you know, I think Kelly Rippa was the oldest woman I've seen with the pastel hair. what
1: do you think about Kelly? With you the- know, I
0: thought it was a novelty act on Kelly. Whereas I see the young girls with it. It's super cute. Like if I was 20, I would do it. You do have to strip all the color out of your hair and then replace it. So it's kind of a damaging two-step process. And you can really only do that when you're in your twenties. Um, but I, you know, I, I, we're too old for the pastel hair, but I have good news. Bobby uh-huh. Brown. Here's the color we need to just embrace as we move forward grayish, right? <laughs> you know this color?
1: What, what, what is this color? Well, it's a Greige. gray
0: beige. It's Uh so it's greyish. It's so it's a color that you look at and you're like, is that gray? Is that beige? It's not as dark as charcoal. It has a little bit more black in it than your normal beige, your taupe. It's grayish. So you know I love Bobby Brown and I replayed reposted a show this weekend about some of Bobby Brown's great advice, which was eye cream always. Eye cream always. Eye cream always. So I get her email newsletter. And here is the most wanted color for fall the grayish collection. Okay. It's just has Ooh. our age group all over it because it's
1: not going to make us look sort of gray, ashen, you know. No. Uh, no, hey, no no
0: and we just leave the pastels to those young girls we need to embrace the grayish eye palette it's a whole palette julie mm-hmm. and it's like eight colors including a touch of sparkle which is what i like you know just a little I know you do i know
1: you
0: do <laughs> little sparkle a subdued taupe sparkle and medium ash brown for an edgier slate i think you should i, I just think it's a great gonna be a great look for us grayish nail polish, Julie. I just want, it's out there. I want to turn you on. I know you're starting to put your outfits together for the book tour. Yes. You know, it's a limited book tour, but for the things that we're doing for the book tour, we're starting to put our outfits together. I think this is a winner combination for us. The gray, the (laughs) grayish.
1: So So we're all going to have this grayish, this grayish eyes. If you show up in either Pasadena or in Brooklyn. I think it will look uh,
0: different on all of us. That's oh, yes. what I would say. <laughs> I think it would look different on all of us. Yes.
1: Okay. All right. So, yeah, Each. you can
0: either set it off with, like, a deep rose lipstick, which I, I'm pretty sure we should all stay away from, uh, or or a lighter, more flattering shade, which I think we can go for. Mm-hmm. The brightening brick, you have one. I gave you one of those. Yes, the you brightening did, with yes, The, the touch of sparkle. Touch of yes. sparkle oh. there. So it's just a little bit of sparkle, but it's in grayish, and I, I think that is our color. There okay.
1: It. That's that's it, Liam. <laughs> Grage,
0: Thank you, Bobby. Way to go. All
1: right. Well, she does she does focus on older women. And I like that. And yes. if she thinks we should be wearing greige, uh, that's fine. Yes. I just have to learn how to apply <laughs> eyeshadow. That's my problem, leanne
0: <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. You may, maybe just stick with the nail polish then. Okay. Okay, okay Lilian. <laughs> okay, whatever you say, whatever you say,
1: Leon. I wanted to bring you because it's Tuesday, and I wanted to bring you some picks and pans. Okay, uh, and why don't I start with a nice pick for the month of August? You know, some of you are still on vacation, you're planning to go on vacation. Things are still slow. You know, it's not it hasn't totally geared up for the fall. And a very nice book that I just finished is Annie Barrow's book, a uh, new book called The Truth According to Us. Oh, okay. I have okay. not heard of it. Okay. So she's the co-author of the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel oh, yes. Pie Society. Okay. okay. So This book has small-town charm. It's sort of slow. It's comfortable. It's got a nice, inquisitive young girl at the center of it. It's got a beautiful stranger, and there's all kinds of sort of... It's about the power and perils of history, um, as told through, you know, by multiple people living in this small town. So it's a a very comforting book for the summer. And uh, if you're looking for something sort of... Easy, but you know, like a comfortable chair or an old pair of flip flops that 's what I say this book is, okay
0: okay, sounds good
1: who's the author again annie borrows b a r r o w s okay okay i'll so, put a
0: link to it at satellite sisters.com. yeah,
1: no, I would recommend it. I think yeah. many satellite sisters would enjoy it so that is that is our um, pick that 's my pick mm-hmm. for the week now, my pan um First is a movie. I just want to warn people about this because we were in Colorado. Uh, we were doing Nana Camp, but we also visited with my husband's father, uh, my father-in-law, who is who is in hospice, who's, you know, and so we had had a very good visit with him, but it had been a long and trying day, and we were staying at a, at a Holiday Inn Express. We went back to the, you know, hotel. It was late. We were tired, and, my, and, and I said, well, why don't we just watch a movie to kind of just wind down? And my husband said, okay, here's a good one. It's called John Wick with Keanu Reeves and William Defoe. So it's, it's in rotation on, you know, uh, on TVs all across the country. And what you need to know about this movie, because I, I was like, well, what, what, is it a detective movie? You know, my husband usually picks act, action movies. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, it's a kind of an action movie, but it isn't violent. Leon I they, Keanu Reeves <laughs> shot 51 people in 2 minutes in one scene that I saw okay this is the worst movie I have ever seen first of all Keanu Reeves If he could act, I think he's lost his ability to act. He's also adopted the um, no-poo shampooing uh, process for this movie. He had the greasiest hair that was just hanging down in his face, and he was just shooting people uh, for, like, an hour and a half. That's all he did. I don't even know how they can make movies like this. Like, I don't know how you could write a script. Like, okay, in this scene, when he goes into a nightclub, we'll have him kill 51 people. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just awful, okay? So I just want to warn you to stay away from the movie John Wick. And apparently there's a sequel to this because, because
0: I don't know why.
1: I don't know how this is going to get made.
0: So You know why? Because it was a video game, I think. Oh, really? Oh, it's, it became a video game. And yeah. then, you know, those are the type of movies that do very well overseas. Because it yeah. has no dialogue and it's no just dialogue. super just violent. Keep- and so even if it makes nothing here, but it does very well overseas, then that's what happens. So there okay. you go. That's, yeah, that's, that's why it's being, yeah. So. Okay.
1: All right. So stay away. Stay from away it. from it. it. Okay, okay. From it. good. Yeah. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to stay away from a new commercial that is on, uh, that's produced by Merck drug company. Okay. It's for their new sleep medication product called Bell have you seen this one? No. With the furry letters. No. Okay. The, this this is the the commercial is about this sleep aid, and it has a woman who is having problems sleeping. So at and she has two furry friends that are their furry letters. One that looks like the that spells out the word wake, and the other one spells out the word sleep, and. Mm-hmm. She sleeps with these things, these furry letters in her her bed. It is the creepiest commercial I have ever seen, okay? You are going to have nightmares about these little furry letters, wake and sleep, okay? Okay. I'm just warning you.
0: Googling furry letters to see
1: what comes up. I'm just warning you. So if this (laughs) commercial comes on quickly avert your eyes just move to the next room or turn off the set I I don't know how they came up with this concept Uh, it's just uh, and but it's bad and there's you can hashtag furry letters there are people that are really upset about it oh okay there's a hashtag yeah hashtag furry letters okay? okay so and I have no idea about the sleep medication whether it's effective or not effective but if you have problems sleeping,
0: these furry letters are not going to help you. Okay. Okay. You know, as long as we're talking about ads, I actually like the new series of camp the new campaign for the Volkswagens with the like trio of older women. Have you, you seen? Do. I think those are funny. You know, you have to see a couple. Yeah. They just... They, that, they're funny. They remind me of like what mom, you know, I mean, it's a little bit bawdier than what our mother yeah. would say, but yeah. she would just say stuff like that. Like if she was riding in the back of a car. Yeah, I think right. those are pretty funny. Those, those ads, those, those make me laugh, but it sounds like these furry letters. Uh, furry
1: letters, the wake and the sleep. They're, are supposed to be maybe a cat and a dog. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. The dog is the wake. The sleep is... But it's not a cat. They're, they're ter- it's terrible, Ian.
0: It gives me the willies to think about it. Okay. So stay away from it. Okay. That's,
1: I can't really thing.
0: find it on Twitter. So maybe that's a good thing. I'm just going to okay. stay away. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's it. Terrible movie. Terrible ad. Pretty good book. The tr- yeah. Perfectly okay. fine book. The Truth According to Us. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. We are going to take a break and come back. You know, It was a double episode of Dark this week, the season finale. It's actually two weeks ago. So we're finally getting a chance to talk about it. So we're going to take a break. Everyone, go get some mead. Go, <laughs> go get a dog without crawlers. Go get some blue cornflowers. And join us back here for Paul Dark and Handsome. We're the Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, here with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. We are a little late getting to this, but we finally did. We're back from vacation, and it's time for us to talk about the season finale of Pole Dark on Masterpiece. This is our weekly recap, Pole Dark and Handsome. And Julie, we had a double episode this week uh, to handle. And it was a long double episode, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was. It
0: was very long. So many highs, so many lows, ups and downs. There was
1: lots and lots of galloping and a lot of sea staring as well, Liam. So it was a very full episode.
0: Now, I did before the episode, Julie, I got an email from Viking Cruises.
1: (laughs) They want you, Lynn. Yeah. They want you. And
0: they just wanted me to know what the Pole Dark finale party essentials were. And he, here's what they wanted you to have when you watched this two-hour finale. A hearty meal of pilchards and cornice pastries with a flagon of ale to wash it all down. Some okay. soft cushions piled high for a swoon-worthy scene. Uh, your fresh-picked cornflowers. Your canine companion at your feet. Get yourself some windswept locks. Okay? <laughs> Okay. A bucket of oats for your loyal steed and a vintage blue silk dress. No touching. Okay, that that's what that's what the good people oh, at uh the Viking cruise line suggested. Very cute, Leon, very cute. I know they're they're sponsors of this
1: show. It seems like people are signing up for those Viking cruises. You not catch me dead
0: on one of those boats. Really? No, I don't want to do that. I, think it looks I don't want to be on a boat. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I had to give a shout out to a couple of couple of characters in uh, the two hour finale. First of all, that horse must be exhausted because I what? mean there was so much galloping across the moors with one people, with two people, <laughs> with sick people, with sad people. There was just a lot of galloping this week. Yes, month. there was, Leon. Lots. All right. I want to give a shout out and then a not so shout out to Mister Drunk who I feel like has become the Mosby of this show, like (laughs) really less is more. Okay. With Mr. Drunk. I felt like he got a little too much airtime this week.
1: Yeah, I know he was up, but he was upright. He was talking, he was voicing opinions. We were supposed to care when he got ejected from the house. I I, I think none of that uh, was helpful. Yeah. I, I like him like just Crashed
0: out in front of the hearth. Yeah. 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 Less, less, less Mr. Drunk in season two. But I would say this, more Aunt Agatha. I enjoyed, like, her, her screen time, the the crazy old aunt, the crazy yeah. and crabby 93-year-old. Yeah. She had some excellent moments. I would like to see more of her going well, forward.
1: Tim Lian. All right. All right. <laughs> I think that can be expanded. Yeah. So-
0: she may she may be on she she's she managed to survive the putrid throat which we're going to be talking about <laughs> yes she did all right so it opens we have it's it's really two episodes that they just show back to back so it's it's not really one continuous episode so in the first hour of the two hour season finale we basically get the storyline of uh, Karen the actress who finally has her way with the doctor she's been chasing him and that results in her husband um, uh you know, getting very angry and then somehow um, killing her, basically, yeah. <laughs> breaking her neck oh, in no. a very dark scene that was hard to see. We also have the introduction of the putrid throat. We get some foreshadowing that that is going to be uh, a plague that visits Cornwall mm-hmm. and that is going to take down many locals. And uh, and then we get um, more about the intrigue behind the scenes of the copper uh, mill right that's
1: that that is that's the least interesting storyline it that is stinks. and it just I mean yeah I agree know, it's it's just guys sitting around and <laughs> I like how they drink at the auctions that is that's kind of interesting even the judge is like having a little glass of claret there so uh but it's not really it
0: doesn't really do anything for me no I mean it yeah it it, it doesn't Not a lot of action happens. It's the same story, it seems like, over and over again. Uh Like, the bad banker keeps clamping down on the people who want to start the new mill. And we keep Mm -hmm. seeing that, like, over the course of six episodes in various forms. But we do have the big mystery of where's Verity. And as we know, Verity has uh, left with her creepy sea captain.
1: I mean, I want to feel good. You know, you should feel good for Verity that she finally escapes. I mean, that, you know, that she's going to be with the love of her life. But you can't be the least bit happy about that situation because you just, you know, you feel like it's doomed. You know that she's making a terrible mistake. You don't know how it's going to play out. Will the sea captain attempt to murder her? You know, but he's got the bad hair. He's, you know, he's creepy. uh, And, you know, he's just... It's you, you couldn't feel good about it at all. There's, no. There was no sense like, oh, finally their love is consummated. Uh, they're able to be together. This, you know, the passion between these two individuals. It yeah, was not, have...
0: it's not Sybil and Tom on, no, on exactly. Downton Abbey. It's, yeah. it's instead there was a, they looked like where they were having like the worst and most boring dinner ever. <laughs> like, really? That's how you want to spend the rest of your life? I think Aunt Agatha is a better dinner partner than this guy. Yeah. And then there was that bizarre slow motion scene where she was literally walking the plank onto the boat. I, I don't know. I was like, oh. And then the and then the, wor- the least sexy kiss of all time. Like that I, was not swoon worthy. Yeah. So, but first we have Karen, the actress working her magic on the good doctor and somehow Mark kills her. Uh, really? It takes, I don't know. He just twists her neck, right? I guess that's yeah, it. Yeah. a I, big,
1: strong guy. Yeah. You know, it was... They were, I think they're portraying it as an accidental death, uh, you know, and, uh, Uh, I mean, he feels, Mark feels very badly about this. He's crushed. (laughs) He doesn't feel badly.
0: But somehow then Poldark feels the need to get all worked up about this and see that Mark escapes in his boat. And he's going to set him up with the oars and a couple of days worth of food. And he wants him to, you know, leave the country and never come back. So he's not prosecuted for this accidental death. And that, of course, attracts the Redcoats. The Redcoats Mm -hmm. show up again. Uh, I don't mean to sound stupid, but I didn't know there were red coats like in England. I thought they just sent the red coats to other countries like America and Scotland. So I,
1: I was surprised. So it's it. a good thing you're watching Paul <laughs> Dark and Mm-hmm.
0: learning so much. Okay. I didn't know they used the red coats on their own people. Mm-hmm. But
1: um well what color coats do you think they'd wear? Do I don't
0: mean? I don't know, julie I don't. grayish I think they were grayish Uh so uh so the red coats approach, they want to question poldark Um you know, conveniently the captain of the red coats is an old army buddy of Ross Poldark's mm-hmm. and Ross delivers the line to Demelza in a low, very sexy growl, prepare to be the lady. And, Julie, I think we are all willing to prepare to be the lady, don't you? <laughs>
1: oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was the growl, Ian. There was no kissing going on no. between them. Just no. growling.
0: Yes. And she puts on that red dress, and she's yeah. the lady, and they, you know, manage to, they think, fool uh, the red coat captain that they don't know anything about Mark and, oh, I don't know. I have a boat, but ugh, it's too much for one man to handle. And we know that's all going to come back to bite them. But oh. for a minute, it looks like they've kept the law at bay. And so then the rest of the storyline for the most of the hour takes is around, uh, Verity's leaving and Demelda's deception that she has not revealed to Dark that she was the one that made Verity and the sea captain get back together again in the first place.
1: But I thought Ross handled it very well, Leon. When uh, Demelza finally spills the beans
0: to Ross that you know she in fact was involved with this. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, there's definitely. Well, it he handled it pretty well, and then they get over it pretty quickly because her her penance is basically just two minutes of slow motion baking and delivering <laughs> baked goods, <laughs> like just, I just phones.
1: Next time you get in trouble, Leon. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Fire up some scones.
0: I don't think I'll ever trust you again until you bake those scones in slow motion. I mean, that's it. Because there's this wild, like, dueling scenes where we have men fighting in, in houses and women trying to, you know, keep the peace. So we have Ross and Francis going at it, you know, accusing each other of being the one that caused Verity's disappearance and Elizabeth trying to keep the peace. And then back at Demelza's house, she's got the doctor and Mark, the husband. And they're yelling and punching each other, and and Demels is trying to keep the peace. I mean, it just it was just chaos. There was a lot of intercutting between those yeah. two scenes. Mm-hmm. And was it me or did Mark and all his friends look like um, uh, like Smee and the rest of the gang from Peter Pan? Like
1: this <laughs> weird pirate yeah. theme. Captain Hook was he there too in the boat? I don't, I don't
0: know. know. I mean, every, it was just. Whew. Okay. All right. So, uh, Mark manages to get away. He does take Ross's boat and then Ross and the red coat, uh, have it out. The red coat captain. I, I, for some reason, the dialogue in that scene was like fake bogus 18th century language. Did you notice that? It's like, yeah. they, it's like, I they, didn't really care.
1: Okay. You know, just move on. I, I was, I was a little impatient with that scene. Yeah.
0: And of course, but there was the big, like, foreshadowing, at some point, Ross, the law is going to catch up to you. Right. Okay. And uh, let me, okay, then we go, we've got Verity walking the plank, the creepy kiss, you know, Demelza reveals that she has, uh, she's been the you know source of the you know Verity and Captain uh, Trist, and then we have the slow motion bread baking. So <laughs> I have to say though, my favorite scene in that particular part of the episode was on Agatha when she's yeah. eating and she's just saying, "When will Verity be home?" She just, yes. I have the appetite of a twenty year old girl, and that's. That's when we see things are not going well for Elizabeth, Francis, and what's the baby's name? John Paul. I, I called
1: Little Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> it's his name, as far as I could tell.
0: <laughs> Jimmy Joseph. So, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like, Robert Patrick. It's many, several names put yeah, together. Yeah,
1: yeah. Francis Patrick, Lord Fauntleroy, little boy Fauntleroy. Yeah, I mean, Francis, and Francis, is, he freaks out. I thought, I still don't understand his his reaction to Verity and why he's getting so worked up about his sister I mean it's just a sister uh, yeah let I agree marry. yeah let her let her marry whoever she wants I mean I just maybe there, there is some backstory that's going to be revealed later about why Francis needs to keep a control over Verity but it's it seems like out of proportion his reaction to her elopement uh, or you know even her involvement in this I mean a duel she's just her Sister, do you think our brothers would like no. going to a duel?
0: No, because of a bad boyfriend. I think not. No, no. you know, Julie, that's a good point. It does. Yeah. I mean, he's done more to damage the family's reputation than one what? misfortunate marriage to a you know wife killing. <clears throat> creepy sea captain and now over the course of this he's so convinced that Ross is the source of all his misery that he's allowed evil George the banker in like a classic Shakespearean storyline Iago to like come in and get in under his his skin and Francis reveals the names of all of Ross's secret investors and even though it's tedious it does sort of play out in the storyline in the second hour of the finale that now George who's secretly in love with Francis's wife Mm-hmm. also has the name of the these list of these people and he's going to bankrupt them and bankrupt ross and he seems to be really focused on destroying ross poldark but you're right like just let verity go what do you care like she can't even own property she has no right. rights she's, she's just your sister She's just your sister good point excellent point so uh in the meantime the putrid throat. Shows up and yeah. uh, your throat is on fire and you have a fever. Julie, yeah. I did not bother to Google this. Did you? Is this strep throat? Not. What is I, it? I, think
1: it I, I didn't, but I'm assuming it's sort of a strep. Okay. Yeah. they looked like they had strep,
0: didn't yeah. they? Well, Elizabeth looked like she had strep with like Bobby Brown applying her sick makeup. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
1: Yeah, she was she was like ashen. And but little Lord Fauntleroy, he was, you know, he was uh, uh, bright red. So I don't know. It was hard to tell. But they're sick. That was established. They were sick. And they had they, this raise, raging fever. And it obviously was very dangerous, very grave
0: situation. But of course, who comes to the rescue, Liam? Demelza, because she says to Ross earlier that she feels like she needs to make up for her deception in the Verity disappearance. Mm -hmm. So, and this is what it is. She's going to be the martyr and she's going to come care for Elizabeth and uh, for Francis and little Lord Fauntleroy, even though they've essentially banished her from the house. And um, sure enough, she cures them, but then she and the baby Julia get sick. I know that was that was sad. Leanne, clearly the saddest scene in
1: uh in this t- uh, two-part episode was when uh when the baby dies and Ross is carrying that coffin. Oh my gosh. So, that was a very visually dramatic, emotionally dramatic scene. That was that was really well done.
0: Yeah. And we, and in the middle of it, uh, you know, Demelza is still sick. So the baby dies. They bury the baby. Uh, and Demelza has no idea that the baby is dead. She yeah. is still in feverish. Her life is still in danger. And that scene was very dramatic, Julie, but like inexplicably in, in the middle of his like wife's dying, mm-hmm. Ross manages to see a shipwreck, plunder the booty and start a riot. like, <laughs> I just, I thought that was a little weird. Like, I guess you do crazy. that, can you say that, Leanne? You've been watching, <laughs> we've been watching an episode of Outlander where there's time travel.
1: So what's a little shipwreck,
0: okay? I guess you're How- right. I, I mean, I guess grief makes you do crazy things, but his wife is like dying and he's like, hey, there's a shipwreck. Let's go plunder the booty, everybody. Like, and then the next thing you know, a, a riot breaks out. Yeah, the riot
1: was a little confusing, but it was, the shipwreck comes at that moment a lot like the Christmas Eve copper discovery. You know, it was when things look the bleakest, the darkest, and then something good happens. And by the shipwreck, you're able to keep all the, you know, the booty that is washed ashore, and this saves the village. But then the villagers go wild. And that was, it was a little confusing, the riot in the dark. So, um
0: but uh I guess they got worked up about all the booty. But <laughs> well, I think they got worked up about all the ale. And it was like everybody eats and it's a big bowl of sardines. I didn't I was like, hmm, okay. Like, yum sardines for all so in the meantime Ross after he create you know plunders and riots he goes back home he's he's on what looks like could be Demelza's deathbed there's a very romantic scene where he declares his love for Demelza in front of Elizabeth yes and Demelza is in and out of she's having crazy dreams and she thinks Elizabeth has come not to care for her but to steal her husband and so she comes to and she says you know are you going with her and he says no you're the love of my life and elizabeth is standing in the doorway again perfectly ashen with the whole grayish eye palette happening (laughs) and she hears this and it is like a final blow i think to her love she was crushed in that scene because i think she always felt that
1: there might be another time when she and ross would be together but Ross was adamant in his love for Demelza.
0: Yes. And it was a very touching scene. And so then Elizabeth goes back and lo and behold, George, the evil banker, shows up and he declares his love for Elizabeth. And she seemed kind of open to that. Now that, yeah, she she was was like, like, all right, I'm not. Maybe yes. Better than that mealy mouth Francis. Yeah. Yeah. Francis who didn't even want to come to the door. It was like, oh, too hard to come to the door (laughs) after. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to do that. And so George just goes for it and declares his love for Elizabeth. You know, I think in season two, we're going to see some action there. That's what I would think. Because Mm -hmm. now Elizabeth knows Ross is gone and and she's not going to spend the rest of her life with mealy mouth Francis. And in the meantime, we're cut back to the cottage where uh, Ross has to tell Demelza that their lovely daughter, Julia, has died. And that was a very sad scene. I know. I know. Yes.
1: That was... That was I mean that's even the ups and downs of this episode were were amazingly so
0: right on uh, the skibble on the sibyl dying scale of how sad it was like Karen uh-huh. the actress dying was a one, but baby Julia was like an eight and a half. I thought yeah. that was pretty sad mm-hmm. and uh and then immediately, what do they do? they get on a horse uh and they <laughs>
1: they gallop they do some sea staring you know that yeah. that's important that's important yeah. but they reunited and you felt like even in this grief that they were going to stick together and you felt very good about their relationship and that perhaps now with you know the shipwreck and you know the village they have enough to eat that maybe there was some hope and some promise, but not so, right, Leon? Because- well, in
0: case you didn't understand that subtext, Julie, uh, Demelza actually says the line, so there is hope yeah. <laughs> for those people who, I don't know, might have nodded off uh, by yeah. that time. <laughs> So you're right. There was hope, Julie, because they said it. Uh, and and then what happens? Then the red coats show up again. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And they take Ross to jail because now he's being you know arrested and jailed for plundering and looting and pillaging and murder. Somehow mm-hmm. he's being mm-hmm. blamed for uh, the murder of cousin Matthew. And the curtain comes to a close on just Demelza, the hare, and the wind. Yes, <laughs> and the sea.
1: I, I know. And it's just going to mean season two, so many scenes in a dark damp prison. I know, like
0: freaking Downton Abbey. Why do they do that? (laughs) (laughs) No more prison scenes. (laughs) Just, it's like, Mr. Bates, we didn't care. Well, of course, we
1: care about Ross. We care but about Ross. Now, now he's going to get all dirty. I know. Now it's going to be dark. Oh.
0: He won't be able to wear that charcoal gray velvet jacket. I mean, I the linen shirt. No scything. <laughs>
1: no, there's going to be none of that.
0: Oh. So. I know. So that, that ends uh season one of Poldark all in all very satisfying, but you're right. Yes. I, I, they... I totally
1: enjoyed this. Yeah. If you have not had a time, had time to watch it, I just did make some time. It's a very enjoyable series. And uh, I am looking forward to the second season.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I assume it's coming back like a year from now. So uh, like Downton Abbey, that there would be a, a big gap in the window, but I know it's on PBS.org. You can watch it online. Not indefinitely though. So you have to kind of get on it. If you have missed it, uh, get on it soon. Cause the episodes will start to disappear. Um, but Julie, that's it. I mean, in season two, I'd like to see more on Agatha. You know, I would like to see more of her. I'd like to see less of Mr. Drunk. Uh, and just more scything. I think a lot mm-hmm. more farming in uh, happening in season two. So, okay. All right, Leanne. Those are, those are, you know, things that we can hope for. Like
1: Demelza, Leanne, there's always hope.
0: We are the Satellite Sisters. If you're looking for us and other podcasts, uh, we do a whole show other than just our Poll dark recap. You can go to satellitesisters.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook uh, on Twitter at Sat Sisters, Instagram at Sat Sisters. We are there for you 24 7. There are hundreds of podcasts you can download uh, of, for 15 years of Satellite Sisters. You'll find it all at satellitesisters.com. All right, Jewel. Jill- have a great day. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.